Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. This one is super special. It's with David Daniel Dan, and if you're in the barbecue world or, or you're following a lot of people on social media, you've seen him before, and you might not know much about him, and I was kind of the same way until I got to know him better, and I'm super glad that he sat down to share his story. The story involves Romania, California, Texas, the military, Iraq, Skylight Inn, Rodney Scott's, just to name a few. He is super into whole hog cooking. He does blend his Romanian influences into his cooking and into his food. He does events. That's probably the best place to get a chance to see him. But we talk about why whole hog cooking is so important to him, why direct heat cooking is so important to him. He mentioned off camera how he's really getting into lechon. And so he's deep diving into whole hog and different types of whole hog. He also, we talked briefly about the Rosemary guys this past New Year's at JBRM. They had a whole hog cook. And he mentions them, but off camera and via email later on, he wanted to say how much he appreciated the guys, those guys and how great those guys are. And I just recently interviewed them about four or five interviews ago. I'll put a link to their interview. They are spectacular guys and such cool guys. So again, shout out to Rosemeyer Barbecue in Spring, Texas. But this one's fantastic. I'm so happy he sat down to do a chat. You're going to love this. Sit back, relax, enjoy it. Make sure you stay safe and visit your local barbecue joint. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad we finally got this together. It's a yeah, me it's, too. It's taking a little while, but you know, as time goes by, I always feel like there's a perfect moment for things and or sure. the right moment, and I think this is it. I, yeah, and I was telling, and I was as I was telling you, and I and I've talked to other people about you, and they've all talked about how how great it is to work with you, especially the guys over uh, Rosemeyer. They were talking that, that was that was a fun interview, and they had fun. It was it was a New Year's that you guys. I think it was a New Year's thing, right, or something. Yeah, New Year's at J Bar. At J Bar, yeah. Is it Dan? Is it David Daniel Dan or? So yeah, it's. <laughs> so I was born David Daniel Dan, and then when I got my citizenship. They mixed up my first and middle. So legally now everything is Daniel, David, Dan. And so when I went to check the paperwork, they were like, check the paperwork, make sure it's correct. And I said, no, it's it's not. And okay. I said, what do I need to do to switch it back? And they were like, oh, it's like $40 and you know this stack of paperwork. And I was like, well, we'll leave it at Daniel. So yeah, it's it's all the above, you know, anything with a D really. But yeah, I go by David. Yeah, you about David. Okay, that's that's what I thought you did, but I just wanted to make sure. Okay, all right. Well, that's you know, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad that's out of the, out of because I because I, I have even asked some people. And they're like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if it's Daniel David. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's David, it's David. definitely a tongue twister. David's an easy name. And so you were were you born in Europe or were you born back there? Okay, okay. So let's let's talk about your journey and your journey to barbecue. Where were you born? Yeah, so I was born in Romania. I was born in Romania in 1983. My parents left uh, in 1984 when I was a year old, oh. and uh, they were doing so because of communism. It was just it was getting rough at the time. They were waiting in lines. They had no water, no running water. They were waiting for food. It was just wow. it was it was a mess. Like true communism, how we were all told as kids that this is what yeah. it was like. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that that's. Like that's crazy too. So, but the, so they were born and raised in Romania. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm first generation. I'm actually, yeah. First generation American, I guess, or I don't know if that's considered first generation if you're born there, but. I think uh, you're young enough, right? That you would be first generation yeah, here. Yeah. 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 But you're, all my family's from there. Yeah. Do you still have family back there? So all my immediate family came here. Um, I still have some like distant relatives there that I don't, I don't really talk to regularly, but yeah, I've got, I've got people there. If I needed to talk or visit or anything yeah. yeah and this is this is not a history podcast at all but is it did did uh it did romania become part of the soviet like, is it or is it still the other they're their own entity right they're yeah like, they, they were their back own, right during they're the, part of the eu now they joined the eu but yeah prior to that they were just their own thing have you visited since yeah i've been back three times um, it's it was beautiful. Like the the only good thing about communism was it really preserved the land. So okay. it didn't it didn't go in there and and you know exploit everything, every mineral and everything out of it. You know, so it's a gorgeous gorgeous country. Um, but that's changing now. Now that they're in the EU, people are coming in and buying it up and doing all sorts of things to it. But yeah, gotcha. it's it's lovely. I love it. Yeah, and you're as as I can tell from just from afar, you're very proud of your Romanian heritage. Yeah, yeah, I. It was, it's crazy because I, you hear the story over and over, you know, but growing up, you feel different. You're kind of embarrassed of it. You know, you're kind of embarrassed to have your friends over at your house. But as you get older, you're just kind of like, hey, this is kind of cool. And one day my parents aren't going to be here to, 
to keep this legacy and I've got to carry the torch. So yeah, I definitely have taken that upon my shoulders to kind of pass that down. Isn't that funny? It's I, you wish that you had some of your adult knowledge when you're younger, just because then you could really appreciate it. and also, and also make your parents proud that you're so proud. That you're, right. Right. Because yeah. being different is, is a big deal when you're younger. Sure. Yeah. 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 It does. It's not the, it's not like badge of honor that it is when you're older. Right. You, yeah. You don't realize yeah. that we're all the same and it's better to be different. So, right. definitely okay so, so cool so then did they did they move to the east coast or they moved straight to texas or how did they so they originally were going to go to i think north dakota and wow. we had some kind of like family friend sponsor who was in california and he was like what are you doing why are you going to north dakota it's nothing but snow there you know like, he's like you yeah he's like you're leaving romania you're leaving that snow and that you know that harsh winter like why don't you come out to california it's gorgeous here so uh, they just <laughs> randomly changed their mind. We ended up in Southern California. I grew up in Orange County. Okay. Uh, most of my life, yeah, I was there till about 18. Where in Orange County? Uh, Westminster, California. I grew up in Little Saigon. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. exactly. Yeah. So then you were also somewhere where a lot of people had relocated from Asia. People, A lot of yeah. people had come there from different civil wars and things that were happening in their countries. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because as a kid, you don't really get to like dive into that with those kiddos, you know, but as you get older and look back, you're just like, wow, there's a lot of similarities there. But at the time, you know, my the high school that I went to, I went to two high schools, but the first high school was Fountain Valley High School. It was kind of a... Oh, yeah. Well, I've had the guy yeah. friends that went there. <laughs> yeah. Upper middle class, white, you know, yeah. and then I, I finished off at La Quinta High School, which was like 95% Vietnamese. And it was, it was wow. crazy to be the minority, you know, like it was so weird. <laughs> well, I didn't realize that like, you know, it was mostly Vietnamese. That's really yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's, it's very, California is a, is a melting pot. For yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. It really is. So the, but growing up in Orange County, the weather's wonderful. Did you have aspirations? Because, and I looked at you like from your Instagram bio, are you a pharmacist? Are you a doctor? Yeah. Okay. So was that, was that the, 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 you want to become a doctor? Was that the, or what's that? That's, that's every immigrant parent's goal for their kids. Uh, Our options were doctor or engineer. Ah, Um, yes, of course. Yeah. So, so I was number two of five children. My older sister was, you know, older sister. She was sharp as a tack, lawyer, UCLA, double major, three years, you know, the worst. (laughs) And then I was black sheep. I was number two. So. I graduated high school with a 1.6 GPA. Nice. And, yeah. And my dad's uh, rule of the house was you had to go to a four-year college or you're out. So I never wanted to join the military or anything, but I had a buddy who was joining the military. And I remember summer came, my dad woke me up and he's like, what college are you in? I was like, oh man, <laughs> I haven't even applied, you know? So I called my buddy and I was like, hey man, give me the number to the recruiter. And I called the recruiter and I said, Hey, I need to, I need to go. I need to wow. get out of here. And he was just like, whoa, 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 hold on. You know, like pump your brakes. Do you want to say bye to family friends? I was like, nah, man, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's get it done. So yeah, I ended up just going in the military. I, I really didn't have a path. Yeah. My dad didn't know how to guide us or teach us. He just knew like hit the books, you know, and there's a saying in Romanian, Manunca Karta, which means like, eat those books. Like you got to eat them, dude. You got to, you got to live in those books, you know? So that's, that's all cool. he would tell us. Obviously, you were 18. So what year was that? That was... Yeah. 2001. I graduated 2001. 2001. So we hadn't been... Had we been, had, Was that Gulf War? And that was uh, 9-11. So I went and into... Oh, 9-11 was 2000. Gosh, that's so weird. It's like, yeah. I'm a straight... Okay, yeah, yeah. That is yeah I went into boot camp and 9-11 happened. And I was just like, God, man, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, because you go to boot camp thinking, yeah, I'm gonna be like, yeah, here for whatever years, and then I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm doing my four, and I'm getting out, you know. And uh, that that happened. I was like, here we go. I was just like, I hope, I hope I'm okay. You know, I didn't go into the Marines or Army. Um, I went into the Navy just because that's what my buddy was doing. I was six miles from the beach, so I was just a little little beach rat myself. So I was like, I'm gonna be by the water. That's what I wanted to do. And yeah, I joined the Navy, and I was like, okay, well, I think I'll be okay. Like, I, I don't think they're going to send me off anywhere did they i went to kuwait i went to the persian gulf i went uh places around there i was attached to a uh hovercraft unit oh, wow. i was uh, uh special programs so we did a little bit 
uh, some stuff that most people didn't do in the Navy, but nothing too crazy. I didn't really see too much. Were you down like then? I, I've seen hovercraft down by Camp Pendleton and stuff. Is that where you were training yeah. down there? Yeah. That's where I was. Yeah. AC5, you see that wall? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was uh, stationed. Okay. It's it's pretty cool because I used to have to travel from like in the orange. I was living in Long Beach and then I'd go down to San Diego to open up tea yeah. shops and stuff. And I would see, you know, training drills. They'd there'd be helicopter flight over the air like the yeah. freeway and everything. It looked yeah. like an invasion was happening. Yeah, it's not, they do yeah. some hardcore stuff down there. Yeah. But the hovercraft were really cool to see. That was just because it's such an interesting yeah uh, devices yeah most people i'll tell them i'll tell them like yeah i was stationed at a hovercraft unit and they're just like what's a hovercraft and it's like okay i get like, down near area 51 and we use this alien technology right. <laughs> right. but yeah, it's it, but it does sound it's something i like out of i think if you if kids watch gi joe they should know what a hovercraft is i think that you would was. think so, man. You would think so, but I really have to explain it to a lot of people. I okay. end up just doing like a Google search and showing people pictures. I'm like, this is yeah, a hover. Yeah, yeah. And that's a cool thing. That's a, okay. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Well, at least that's an interesting thing to have under your belt and you didn't have to go to college. And from there, then did that kind of set your head straight? Did you learn other things that you take from that time in the military? Yeah. So my time in the mil military taught me that I could do anything I wanted to. Um, it was my first time really getting out into the world and kind of comparing myself to everybody and my skill set and my abilities and my drive and my wants, everything, right? Yeah. So I got out and I thought to myself, man, if I could do that, I could do anything I want. I could put my mind to anything and I could achieve it. And so that's, I think, the greatest gift the military gave me. Afterwards, I got out and uh, I went and worked overseas as a contractor for a few years in Qatar and Iraq. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went to Baghdad, went to Qatar, um, and just did like power production, just worked on generators there on so bases. This, so this is after after the collapse of Saddam Hussein, and then and that's... Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what was... Just not to get too deep, deep into it, but what was that like being in Baghdad and being like, that's wild. It was, it was crazy. It was definitely like, I just remember being there and being like, why are we here? Yeah. You know, Definitely. it was sad. Yeah. It made me think, like, what if, what if there was another country just in our patrolling our streets? You know, I think the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was an eye opener. I learned a lot there too, and it was just kind of like, this is nuts. I feel bad. I mean, you see a lot of people that are kind of allies, and they're on your side, and they work with you, and you're just like, what would I do? What would I do if this, you know, if I was in their situation, would I be allies with them? Or would I just be like, man, I want to get the heck out of here yeah. and away from them and want them out, you know? Such a weird situation to be in. Yeah. I remember I was out there. This is how I knew I was, it was time for me to go. So first day I get there, we get there, we start doing some work, we go to bed and then just like sirens go off, IEDs come in or whatever they're all, they're like rockets yeah, yeah, the come in. Right, and, yeah. And I was just like, oh, this sucks. Okay. So like I lived through that. And then uh, after about a year and a half, I'm working on this generator out in this field somewhere by the air base. And same thing, more like uh, more rockets or mortars or whatever come in. Yeah. And um, it just starts spraying me with like dirt and I'm just sweating and I'm hiding behind this like uh, generator. And that's when I was like, I think I'm ready to go home and I want to work in the AC. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> so I, it wasn't, it wasn't long after that. I, I packed it up and headed back to California. Yeah. I, I have every so often on my iPhone, I'll look up Baghdad just to see like what the weather's like and it gets nasty. It gets really hot. And, and I know they have a lot of like they had sandstorms and things and things that we're just not, not used to. I think maybe Arizona might have some sandstorms every so often, but okay. So you came back to California and then were you, because that that's kind of like hazard pay that that like that's it wasn't part of the military but that's definitely I knew people that were would go off as contractors it was it was a decent way to make some good money but it was also yeah. scary probably scary at times yeah, yeah no out. it was great it was great money came back and and uh, got back in touch with my wife so I I've known her my whole life she's oh. Romanian our families have known each other since Romania and uh, she had been there for like my me and my family when my mom passed and. So we just kind of reconnected during that time frame, and uh, I kind of started pursuing her. I was like, I think I'm ready to settle down. You know, I I've done a lot. I've saved a little bit of money. Like I think I'm I'm ready. So uh, I started pursuing her, and then the economy crashed. It was 2008, and like oh, I yeah. couldn't uh, I couldn't find any work. That I was, was like, terrible. I, I was in the furniture business. It was awful. It was terrible. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember just like applying to all these jobs that I thought I could get. And then like, just kind of lowering my standards lower and lower and just nothing was panning out. And finally she was like, why don't you go back to school? I ended up going back to school, going to pharmacy school in Texas. Well, I started, I started with, you know, the basics because I graduated high school with a 1.6. Yeah. So I had to go back to like math one. I was in there with all the football players. Like, hey. yeah, <laughs> here we go. But you weren't, so did she, did you and she move to Texas prior to going to school in Texas or did you find a school that was in Texas and that? So I was in California for a little bit and then nothing was panning out and her sister and her brother-in-law were here in Texas. Okay. And they hit me up and they were like, Hey man, like, what are you doing? Like, are you working? Are you, I know you're trying to get married to rocks. You're trying to pursue her and this and that, but like, what's going on? And I said, man, I don't know. Like nothing's really panning out. And they're like, why don't you come out here and just kind of get out of the spotlight with my soon to be father-in-law, you know, cause it's not looking too good. And I was like, why would I go to Texas? You know, like I didn't understand it at the time. I just kind of thought about it and I was like, yeah, you know, that sounds kind of nice. Like I, I've heard good things about Texas. I want to go to Texas and check it out and, and just kind of um, see what's going on. So ended up coming to Texas. They kind of coaxed me out here and then uh, yeah, I just started going to school. We're in Texas, Athens, Texas. I went to TVCC. Where is Athens? Where that's uh... Athens is about an hour, hour and a half from Dallas, okay. south, southeast. It's like ten thousand people. Okay. Did, like that. At that point, did you ever have any inkling that you would have this fondness for Texas or the, the cooking of Texas and the food Texas and all that? So no, no, I didn't. I went there strictly to go to school and in hopes that I would get my college done and marry this girl, you know, yeah. my wife. So um, while I was, this is. Here we go. Leeway, how I got into barbecue. While I was in college, I had this little dinky apartment and my brother-in-law had a Weber kettle and he wasn't using it. He had ended up buying like a, a propane, you know, a gas barbecue grill. And he was yeah. just like, I said, Hey man, let me get that uh, little charcoal grill off you. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and so I ended up watching a video by gosh, what's their name? Barbecue. Is it barbecue pit boys or something? Yeah, there's something like that. They, I think they were huge, like they on their in yeah. their own world. Yeah, yeah. I think like so. these old timers. I just stumbled upon this like video of this guy who was just like giving thumbs up to everything. He had this big white beard, and he cooked a rack of baby back ribs. And I was like, whoa, I could do that. I think I could do that, you know. So I did. And beginner's luck, man. They turned out amazing. I remember biting into them and just being like, oh, what in so the world? This is crazy. They're so tender and and so. I, that was it. That was it. I was hooked. I was wow. hooked from that moment on. I was like, what else can I cook on this Weber kettle? Um, what else can I do? Yeah, I just kind of escalated from there. Were you going to eat at any barbecue places around there? Were there any places around there that, or were you ever traveling around or did, like, how did, how did the bug get even deeper? No, I didn't. What did I see? I remember seeing videos. I didn't really travel around or go to different places until years later. So this was probably what, 20, 2008, 9, 10. I don't know. There wasn't really much. Yeah. There were some, there were some places. I think there was actually a place in Athens. It's closed down now. I don't remember the name of it. I think, oh, Cripple Creek. I think it was Cripple Creek Barbecue. They were on the list at one point. Yeah, yeah. I know. I heard the name. The name sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went there because it was local, but I didn't know about all these spots in the list really. Um, yeah. So I just was watching YouTube videos and and trying to cook. And in 2009 is sort of the, the Franklin time. Like that's when things yeah. sort of started to change. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so then oh. you were just more focused on creating a life for yourself. And right. then, then were you, was that school, was that to become a pharmacist? Was that, was that specifically? The school? I was, I was actually um, pre-dental at the time. I was going to go be a dentist. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And then I met this girl who was at my church at the time and she was like, Hey, I have, uh, I just bought this pharmacy from this guy who's retiring and he has like six pharmacies he needs to sell. And I was like, I kind of like the sound of that, dude. I want to, I want to own, you know, that sounds cool. So she's like, why don't you come meet him and, and see, you know, if it all pans out. So I, I ended up meeting the guy and we hit it off and he was great. And he was just like, yeah, why don't you come work for me? I was like, okay. And then, um, wow. I just kinda, yeah, I just kind of felt like everything was opening up in pharmacy. Like the, the university that I transferred to was opening up a pharmacy school set for right when I graduated. So I wouldn't have to really move. I just rolled right in. So ended up going into pharmacy instead. Wow, that's really crazy. That's it's such an issue. So, so then, do you own, do you own your own pharmacy? 
No. So I was going to go work for them when I graduated. It was all set, but I had one more fourth year. You go on these rotations. I had one more rotation, which was a nuclear pharmacy. And I ended up going to the nuclear pharmacy, hit it off with the guys there. And they offered me a job there um, before I graduated. So I ended up telling, you know, my owners and friends, I was like, man, I just, I feel called to really just take this job. And I hope I'm not burning any bridges. You know, I hope we can keep our uh, relationship. And we did, and we we're still friends to this day, but yeah, I just didn't go that route. What is what's nuclear pharmacy? It's pretty cool. You take like nuclear generators and then you take off nuclear isotopes and you um, match them to medications. So okay. like whenever whenever somebody wants to do like a stress test, like a, a heart stress test or something like that, um, they'll put like a, a medicine inside of them that they'll be able to see and isolate just that organ. Wow. So like yeah, we just did a bunch of stuff where we we match up like nuclear isotopes to like medicine so that people can map out different organs and see how they're functioning. So are you just so you more of a scientist or do you make any med do you make medicine for people or is it or that's considered making medicine for people? Yeah, that's considered making medicine for people. Um I'm not a ph- I'm not a nuclear pharmacist anymore. I've since moved on from there, but Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't I'm not like in research or anything like that. I'm strictly just retail. Okay. Much. Okay. 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 Yeah. So like my friendly pharmacist at CVS that I go to every two days. That's that's... Yeah. I'm, I'm your druggist as the older folks call me. <laughs> druggist, yeah. druggist? I'm like, yeah, that's it. I grew up, I grew up next to a guy who had his own pharmacy. Um, and so he would like, if we were sick or something, my parents, like if I would talk to him and he'd bring home antibiotics for him or up for us nice. or, or like if they need pain med, whatever it was, he would just bring it home. It was just like Stan would come and, and I didn't, but I didn't know what Stan did. And I, but I realized right. later on he had owned a, a pharmacy and then sold it before he got sick and stuff. But it was, but what it's interesting, that's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And because I've taken care of my mom for five or six years, I've now realized the importance of pharmacies and just how, People come like a lot of times when people come, they're irritated because they're sick or not feeling well, and they don't understand that the doctor has this other. <laughs> it just seems like there's always an argument every day in a pharmacy. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like man, it would make the greatest TV show. It's nuts in there. Yeah, I, I thought of that that too. I'm like, gosh, this is because it's and if all and what's so funny is I'll walk in and like seven of them go, hey Kevin, hey Kevin, and I'm like, it's like cheers, but like at a pharmacy yeah. for me, it's so sad that all the pharmacists know know me. But oh yeah, I mean. Not. I'm taking care yeah. of my mom though. What are you gonna do? Okay, so then, but then, so then, how did you get deeper into the barbecue world? Did you so end up in a pit or something? Or no, I didn't end up getting a pit. So I was still just in college and just broke, man. I mean, the college journey for pharmacy is long, especially yeah, when you're learning that math one, you know. So I was just broke forever, and I remember just like, man, I remember messaging people like Danes when they were just first starting out, being like, "What size pit is that?" You know, and and just just watching YouTube videos and stuff and just daydreaming of my first real pit. And uh, I didn't get a first real pit till years ago when I just built my own. I was like, I can't, I can't wow. afford a pit. So, and I didn't know how to weld or anything. I was like, that's it. I'm just going to build one. So I ended up going to this propane tank place down, down the road. And they had like two, two fifties just for free that were decommissioned. And I was like, can I get those? So they delivered them to me. I watched a couple of YouTube videos, borrowed a welder. Wow. See, I think like like you had said before, this all harkens back to your time at the military, kind of giving you the, the belief in yourself that you could do anything. Right. Yes. Yeah. That is that's and and that's and that's a great takeaway in general from this, but in, in life is that if you want to do something just because you don't have the funds or you don't you can make something work if you figure things out and you know Absolutely, you don't have to quit yeah. your day job to do this. Yeah. Firm believer in that for sure. Yeah. Wow. So how, how was that pit? How was it? How was that process? Was it? It was, it was cool. I built it at my in-laws. My in-laws actually ended up moving out to Texas. Of course. And they live like 10 minutes away from me. So they have this big, like four bay shop. So I built it in there. And I remember just everyone just being like, I wonder if he's going to get it done. You know, kind of almost like, when are you going to finish this thing? Cause I just took my time with it. And I was watching mm-hmm. Franklin videos and anything else I could watch on YouTube again, you know, and, uh, finally yeah, got Chad didn't done. have his whole, building yeah. a pit videos at all <laughs> yeah there wasn't much yeah. so i finally got it done and they were just like wow i can't believe you did it and neighbors were like i thought you were gonna blow yourself up i was like man i thought so too but luckily i did it so here we go wow and then did you what was that like that first cook on it was that it must have been a cool feeling 
Oh, it was insane. It was insane. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, all the videos in the world couldn't prepare you. I mean, you had an inkling, but still just actually being there and putting a a full size split in this big firebox and, and all that, it was just, it was the greatest feeling in the world. I felt like I had made it. I was like, this is it, man. This is it. I can now post pictures of like a real pit, you know? And you know what you, you kind of did at the time like you made it oh, yeah. that's a huge step huge. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It I, was don't cool. inter- I don't interview a lot of people that have made their own pits there are there's a handful and I, we probably all know who they are but it's just that's that's really cool i didn't know that you had built your own pit that's awesome yeah. so then were you then making stuff for parties and for friends or just cooking? yeah i started just doing stuff for friends and family giving stuff to people like as gifts and you know got good reviews on it and whatnot but I still, I don't know. I still just was trying to find my way with it all. Cause I, I still had this tug, like bring Romanian into it, bring Romanian influence into it. And I just, I couldn't for the life of me, figure it out. Like I couldn't do it. I couldn't visualize it. Figure out how it mixed, how it blended. You mean? Yeah. yeah. I just felt like people are not going to like Romanian food. You know, it's like, who's going to like garlic and vinegar, you know? <laughs> yeah. Two of the things that everyone loves. Right. <laughs> But yeah, no, I can see that. And I, and I, I want to, part of one of my questions is what is Romanian food like? And, and I, I would think maybe it's like, cause I've, I've had food from Eastern Europe. And so I think I, I would know, but that's something. So what is Romanian food like? Yeah, probably, probably similar to what you had in Eastern Europe, heavy potato, heavy meat, a lot of pickled stuff, a lot of canned stuff, poor people food, you know, um, just that, just whatever you could do. Cause that's what we had during communism. It was like, man, whatever you could get your hands on, however you could repurpose something or save it that's that's how we could yeah. so but it looks like when i see what you're posting it looks like amazing spices amazing con- con- <laughs> you you've maybe you've brought it to maybe it's even is it more like old world romanian that you're pulling from yeah i'm definitely okay. trying to pull old world romanian and trying to make it a little twist a little modern trying to make it more appealing through the through the lens of instagram to people just because again yeah. i still have that doubt of like it's ah, it's gonna look like slop like it's gonna look like just meat and potatoes on a plate you know what i mean so yeah. i'm trying to trying to relate it to people trying to make it look attractive to people and, and just hopefully people will yeah. be drawn to it yeah i know i was i was actually laying in bed last night thinking like you can't just go into a business these days like to open a restaurant and think i'm gonna hide in the back and cook and, and i'm just gonna put whatever on the plate and let it go out even if it like even if it's delicious if it looks like a mess people like would be mad like it would just, yeah. it's just, yeah. we live in a different time like you have to make everything yeah. presentable it is it's sad but it's also it does make sense and it's probably elevated maybe our right. taste right. Or, or the way we look at things but so then at that time because it's because now you're you're heavy into uh direct heat and whole hog like that's like you have such a passion i don't want to talk about that how did so then how did that come about where you did you go on some trips or something or did like or go to some festivals or so that came about i saw this episode of mind of a chef it was with sean brock and narrated a little bit by anthony bourdain yeah it was season two yeah season two episode seven they did Sean Brock and Rodney Scott, and they did a low country boil where they did a whole hog. This was probably 10 years ago, man. Yeah, yeah. They did a whole hog, uh, a low country boil, and then like a paella. And it blew my mind. Like it is what shaped me into be- wanting to do whole hog. Wow. And um, I just remember being like, one day when I graduate, I'm going to have my own backyard. And I'm going to have a big party with all my friends and I'm going to have a whole hog. Like that was, that was the goal. Oh, wow. And I remember just telling all my friends, like one day we're going to do whole hog. We're going to do whole hog. And they're probably like, what? <laughs> yeah. And I, I just remember like, I didn't have the means to do whole hog. I didn't know where to get a pig. I didn't have a pit for it. Um, I, there weren't many videos on it. And the ones that they were like, it just, it was all like a competition hog or something like that. It just didn't appeal to me. I don't know, man. I just started picking it up little by little YouTube here and there. And then just like anybody that would cook a hog, I would go wanting, you know, want to go hang out with them. Like Danes came and did a, a hog here at Red Dirt. And I was like, Hey man, can I, can I come watch and help and whatever? And I watched them cook a hog. And I ended up going to the Carolinas a few times and in cooking with those guys and just making connections there and whatnot. And just started diving in, but it all just started from that one episode. And it was just like, I like, I got to cook a whole hog. Isn't that funny how something can shape you that way? 
Yeah, it's insane. I never I never knew the impact that episode was going to have on me until just like looking and thinking back on it. It was like, wow, it really it really changed my whole mindset on barbecue. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And it sh- and it showed you the opportunities and the possibilities of what people can do. And and right. and and at the time too, like it's there's still there's not a ton of people doing a whole hog, but that wasn't that like I know that you know Fijis was doing it, like Leroy Lewis, like it was there's not a whole there wasn't a whole lot of people doing whole hog at the time, or right. even half hogs or anything like that. Right. When you went to the Carolinas, did you? Because I've I've seen photos of you. Was that later on? Like, did you go there for? Did you travel around first and get to know them, or how? So I ended up just making connections through Instagram, man, to people that worked there. I met this guy. His name was Hunter. He is a kiddo. He's like 20 something years old. He's still there at Skylight and Barbecue. And he just messaged me randomly. And he was like, hey, I work at Skylight. I see that you're into cooking hogs. You're in Texas. I'm like, yeah. And he was like, just telling me, you know, we just started chatting. And then one day the light bulb clicked and I was like, hey, man, uh, would I be able to come out there and and cook with y'all? And just like learn, like I'll I'll collect logs, I'll do whatever, I'll do the dirty work. I don't care. I just want to learn from like so a James smart. Beard, James Beard Award, you know, restaurant. And he was like, Let me talk to my manager. I was like, sure. Talks to his manager. His manager's like, Yeah, man, come on out. So That's I just awesome. booked it to the Carolinas and and made connections with those guys there. And they just been super, super nice, super cool with me. And so you I stayed in so you stay in Aiden at the time? Is that where Yeah. So check this out. So the only, not the only way, but the way that I do this so that I can continue to do this and not just like waste crazy funds and and have my wife be mad at me is I zip down there. It's like 17 hours from here. I zip down there. I sleep in my car at rest stops. And then I go, I cook for like eight hours. I zip back and then just sleep again at the rest stop and then make it home. So I do it all in like a weekend. That is awesome. That's so cool. But it's also too, that's like, it's, that's a shrine. That's like, like people, people want to go to um, Louis Miller. That's like, that's a big deal. There's a lot of places, but that, not a lot, there's a handful, but that place, the Skylight Inn, that's somewhere, that's somewhere I want to go. That seeing the firewood there, seeing the way, and then, then hearing the cacophony of the way they chop meat. That's just, that must have been infectious and amazing. And what an experience. Yeah, it was nuts. So the, the reason I ended up wanting to go there was, when I graduated from pharmacy school, my wife and I, my wife was like, let's just take some time off. Like, don't, don't get right into work. Let's take some time off and, and just travel around the world. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Sure. So we ended up, I think that's when COVID hit. So there goes traveling around the world. So we're like, let's just travel around the U S it was like 2019. Yeah. And so we just traveled around the U S and um, I ended up going to skylight and I remember taking a bite and I was like, what in the world i had no idea hog could taste this good and this tender Mm -hmm. it blew my mind so i had i had to go back i had to find a way to get there and and cook with those guys and learn from them and yeah i got to do that and then i got to do rodney scott's and it was it's just so you worked at rodney's once too right yeah yeah that was through the manager that i met there he he had some connection there and just yeah were rodney or or sam at there when you were there at any time or was it just at the place sam wasn't rodney was okay cool yeah yeah rodney, rodney was talking to some guy and so i didn't want to interrupt but i did interrupt i was like dude really sorry can i just at least have a picture <laughs> <laughs> well it's rodney scott he, yeah. he's got a great smile he's such a cool yeah, yeah. A cool really dude. nice guy yeah what a nice dude. that's that's crazy okay so that was during during COVID time and for me and a lot of people don't know this is that I my first bite, my first real introduction into barbecue that was outside of California, which was more like direct heat ribs that were, or maybe who knows how what how they were cooking the food. But I was at Lexington Barbecue in Lexington, North Carolina. That was it was just so different, and the way that you order was different. Everything was just. And then once I came back, then I started to want to get into barbecue and go to barbecue whenever I traveled for across the United States, and then I that's how I got into Texas barbecue and realized that's a whole other Texas barbecue is crazy. Like, so yeah, so definitely that's, that's, I'm glad you had that appreciation and that you had a chance to, to do that. So then when you came back, were you, so this isn't, so like your window of whole hogness, I guess I got is, it's not, it's like three years or four years, right? It's like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's fairly new. Yeah. So I just started cooking whole hog and I started doing it on pits, like uh, cinder block pits. Okay. 
I was cooking hogs from Costco. Costco business has whole hogs, uh, like 30 to 60 pounders. What? And I was cooking, yeah, cooking those guys. I know. And they're not the best hogs. They're not the worst hogs, but not the best hogs. Um, but I started cooking on those guys and just doing little pop-ups and stuff and, and getting good reviews. And I was like, man, that's crazy. And then I ended up uh, getting in touch with this girl, Anne Marie. I have, uh, I have like I screenshot of that today because I wanted to ask you about her. Yeah. Yeah. She is. She's awesome, dude. She's so cool. Her Instagram is really cool. So I'll put her information below because people should follow yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone should definitely follow her. She's amazing. She's like five foot nothing, 80 pounds. And she's this like insane farmer girl. That's just tough as nails, dude. That's awesome. Like, I, I went there and I was like uh like hooking up my uh smoker and at the time i had like my hand my hand was broken or something and i was unloading my my smoker or whatever and she just comes over and like kicks it into place and locks it up for me i was like thanks <laughs> like <laughs> appreciate you <laughs> but she, she's great dude she has like the best pork i've ever had she has heritage breed hogs that she raises and she is just like she like doesn't yell at the pigs, like doesn't hurry them. Like they're raised like Wagyu cattle, man. So smart. And it's like, it's evident in the, like the fat on them. It's just amazing. You said, I think the word I had written down was marshmallow. You had said something about marshmallow. I call them marshmallow hogs because they're just so fatty and sweet uh. and just like tender. It's like every time I, I cook one, I, I've cooked with the Rosemeyer guys. And I, I remember we were setting up the deal and I was like, man, we, we got it. I know it's a little bit more, but we got to get one of her hogs. Like they're mind blowing. And they all tried it and they were just like, whoa, dude, I never knew. I never knew. I was like, I'm telling you, there's, there's levels to whole hog. She's in Texas, right? Yeah. She's in Texas. She's in hook, Texas. Where's it's that? about, uh, like right near Texarkana, right, right okay. on the border. Yeah. Okay. And you did, didn't you do an event at her place? Are you going to do an event or something? Yeah, I did. Yeah. She was, uh, she was like, Hey, I, she, so she does little like farm to table events on her farm, on her little, on her property there. It's not little, it's a big piece of property, but yeah. she does farm to table stuff there. And she was like, I had never cooked one of my hogs, like whole hogs. I've done, you know, chops and this and that. And she was like, would you be interested in doing it? I was like, absolutely. Absolutely. I would. So went there and cooked a, a pig on a farm and just met so many cool people that just oh. you know, that she had built up in her, her circle and her community. And it was, that's killer. Was a treat. Yeah, definitely. Like I would love to, because hopefully eventually my time will be, I'll be able to travel. And I would, but next time you do, you think you'll be doing another event, event there someday in the future or who knows? Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. If you're ever out, man, you got to come out. We got to get you on some whole hog from Anne-Marie. Yeah, no, most definitely. I can't. It's and does she sell to a lot of people? I like guess, or is it just? Do you know? Yeah. Is this or is it more across the border? Or yeah, she does. She does all sorts of stuff. She has a little like storefront there. She sells all sorts of products. And then she was telling me recently that she's going to start getting into like charcuterie stuff. She found someone that's going to oh, be cool. doing that and, and processing her pigs and doing that. So wow. she's she's just small enough, but just big enough. You know what I mean? She's like yeah. she's really growing. You get a chance to spend some time with the pigs. Like, do you get a? Have you? Are they around, or do you just see the? Yeah, the final yeah, she product? got oh. them there, man, out oh. in the pasture, and like I went there and just saw the piggies and fed them pumpkins and stuff. And I actually told her like, I want to take, I want to go there and do like a photo shoot with the piggies, man. Yeah, I want to put a picture of like I want a shirt with me and like the piggies just hanging out because they're just, be cool. They're so cool. Yeah, pigs are awesome. Like they're amazing. That you didn't cook. And they couldn't see you cooking one of their no, friends, no, no, could no. they? Good, no. good. That's important. They, they don't need to see yeah. that. No, no, I wouldn't do that. That's that's ruthless. No. <laughs> that is ruthless. I'm sure people do. I'm sure in the old yeah. days it was something. Oh, wow. Right. That's what a cool experience. So now did you get to so then from Mule Skinner, did you get ended up getting a hog pit? Yeah. So I had I had some people reach out to me. I had um just some people reach out and ask if they if I wanted to be an ambassador for them and cook me or build me a hog pit. And I was just like I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. And then uh, Mule Skinner reached out and I was just like, oh, yeah, I really like, I really like Dustin. I really align Dustin's myself awesome. with him. Yeah. Just who he is as a person. Yeah. He had come out to some of my events. So I got to know him a little bit more. And when he had mentioned that to me, it just kind of clicked. I was like, yeah, this is, this, I like this. I like this. It yeah. fits. I, I definitely want to align myself with him. So, um, and yeah, he's very, he, he's kind of like you, like the very, like he, he's very hands-on. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing we had discussed. He was just like, man, I really like that you, uh, you built your own pit. And I told him, I was like, this is one thing that like, I, I'm going to, I don't want to regret. Like, I don't want to regret getting a pit from someone instead of building my own, you know, cause I was very just, 
I was just very proud of, of being able to say that I did it myself. So yeah. it was a big, big step for me to be like, yeah, someone else do it for me. You yeah. know, how many times have you cooked on that? I've had it for about a year now. So I've done probably two to three events a month on it. Yeah. Um, I've cooked, I've cooked plenty of pigs. It's seen plenty yeah. of pigs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's a good pit, man. I call it the Cadillac of, uh, direct heat cookers. It's, All right. it's such a perfect pit. It's not too bulky, too heavy, too, too overbuilt, but it's not too flimsy. Like it's just right up my alley on design too. That's what I love about his design. It's just, it's perfect. It's classic yet modern yet sturdy and, and just designed really well. I, I love it. You can tell that Dustin did it. Like that's for some reason, maybe it's, I'm too like hyper-focused into pits and stuff, but I can tell when I see a pit yeah. and like, oh, I know that's a mule skinner. Yeah. And he's, he's so cool, man. He was like, we're going to name the, the direct heat pits like that line after you. So he named them the Dan. Oh, and I was cool. just like, yeah, I was like, ah, I gotta go with this guy. Like, of course <laughs> this guy's amazing. Yeah, he is. And he's a family man and yeah, he's a stud. He's a cool guy. Um, So then, so then that's what you're doing now. You're doing it. Is it Mosu or is that what you're, company so called? moshu yeah moshu, moshu. Is, uh, that was my nickname growing up for my uncles i guess uh moshu translated means like old man and so i guess as a kid i looked like an old man and that's what they called me moshu, uh, moshu <laughs> yeah. that's hilarious yeah so that was that's my little like passion project that was like my desire to kind of be faceless on instagram and also just pour everything into just the cooking and have that be the star and not me and not have a face and just kind of focus on Romanian food and, and hog cooking. And so is that, that well, it's spelled M O S U just for people to know. And then uh, is that, so then if someone was to contact you for an event, for an event that they're having, do they contact you through that? Or does it matter? I guess they call you contact you either way, but is yeah, that, is that the company, is that the company that, is that your catering company essentially? Uh, no, David Dan, I'm still going, I'm still doing a bunch through David Dan, um, okay. but either they can contact me through either. Okay. Uh, it don't matter. I'm it's all on my phone. It's all right there. A click yeah. away. So yeah. <laughs> but do you think so is that going to be is Moshu, is that going to be something that moves forward as something else? Or is that going to always be what it is? Or how what do you how do you foresee things? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, it kind of all just started on a whim one night. I was like, I'm gonna do this thing and I'm gonna like I'm tired of Instagram and having to post and I just want to be faceless and I don't want no, I understand. <laughs> you know, I just want food. I just want food to be the star. And yeah. um, I've kind of just haven't done much with it as of now or lately, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna, what it's going to do, but it's definitely just going to be focused on like Romanian food, barbecue and, and whole hog specifically. Will you be doing pop-ups eventually or is like so that people because because right now it, the only way someone can eat your foods if they came to an event that you're doing, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right now, luckily, I've, I've been busy enough to where I can just be selective with what events I want to do. Yeah. And I've kind of gotten pretty busy. So I, yeah, if, if people want to reach out to me, they can reach out to me or they can look out for pop-ups or uh, uh, collabs. I've done stuff with Hurtado, with Trey's, um, definitely in talks to do a bunch of really cool big stuff this, this year. I might be going overseas internationally oh, really? and teaching really? classes. Yeah. Got some fun stuff in the pipeline. Um, definitely doing like festivals, some festival stuff. Doing, I might do something with like the mill scale guys at Treaty Oak. Oh, cool. Um, so just kind of, just really being selective. Like I, I kind of, I'll do the stuff that you know, like people want to do, but I also want to do stuff that will definitely promote me. And it's nice too because you're not because you you have a second job, you have a a primary job, so you're not tied to that part. So you can kind of pick and choose and choose what you want to do. That's. That's right. really cool. And that gives you a chance to really express yourself and to grow, you know, and figure out what you want to do. And that's, but you're always going to be cooking. I, I just want to, I want to try your hog. And so what was that like that on I've always wondered what that first hog cook, because it's a big piece. And even though you got it from, from Costco, were you scared? Were you worried? Were you excited? It was, uh, no, I wasn't, I felt like I had dived so deep into it and I have done, you know, I went to the um, Carolinas and oh, stuff. Oh, that's true. I was okay. just ready. I was so ready. I was like, yeah. come on, man. You know, and people were just like, I don't know, Dave. I don't know. Like, cause we just went and did a pop-up here at the brewery in town with Alec from uh big daddy carne and uh, oh. Russell of Picos. And uh, they were just like, I don't know, Dave, are you sure? And I was like, man, let's just do it, dude. Come on, let's do it. So it went well. I mean, it went, it went really well. 
So you're that girl. And it's, you have, that seems like, but I think that was always in you, even though you say the military did, I think it just brought it out in you. I think yeah. that's, that's, that's the kind of person you are now. Can you other places? Oh yeah. I want to talk about your brisket department. How did that come about? Yeah. So they, I, I've always liked the guys there. I had bought a couple things from them, um, but brisket department, basically they were just guys that were, were willing to support, you know, guys in the barbecue community. And I, I was all about it. I, I liked what they stood for. I liked how they were supportive of me and always sharing my stuff. Um, and they came and helped me at my events, man. Like it's so huge to have someone just come and help you. Cause I'm, I'm getting off work at four or five or six on Fridays. And then I'm going straight to an event, no sleep, um, cooking a whole hog and then like serving it and then driving back. Like it's insane, you know? Yeah. And so there had been so many times where these guys were just like, Hey, we're going to come out and help you. Like, we're just, we'll come out and help you. You That's don't have huge. to pay us nothing. Just, we want to be part of what you're doing. And I was like, that's awesome, man. That is amazing that the barbecue community is like that, you know, that's a big deal. Yeah. So I had just been chatting with them and they were like, yeah, we do stuff for, you know, we, we print shirts for all these big names and yada, yada. And they were just like, do you want to be on the, like on the crew? Do you want to, you want us to print for you? And I was like, what does it entail? You know, let's go over some details. And then when they told me like, uh, I wouldn't have to do anything. I was like, sold, man. Yeah. Sold, of course. Absolutely. You guys are great guys and I don't have to do any work. And then you just send me a little bit of money. Yeah. That's here and there. Like I'm in. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's I'll put, a, I'll put a link to that below because I just received the sweatshirt and it's killer. And I liked it yesterday, which is awesome. Like, I'm glad that it got, yeah. and, and then I, I got the hat and it's just, and the style is so it's, it's killer. It's great. Yeah. Oh, shameless plug real quick. Uh, Robbie's going to kill me if I don't do it. Go buy the go buy the shirts that we printed up. The David Dan's whole hog barbecue shirts, Tyler, Texas. If anybody's listening, go get that shirt. It's pretty sweet. And then we're going to, I think we're going to start dropping shirts like once a month, like different styles. So yeah, I think people, I, saw, I just saw it was that white shirt with the, yeah, yeah that's killer. I'm going to buy oh, one of myself yeah. too. So that's cool. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Okay. That's awesome. That's good to know. And then you know, buy, buy stuff from, so from David, but also buy stuff from other people like it's, or whatever else they have to offer. I didn't even go deeper. I guess there's, there's probably more stuff they have to offer. Yeah. So they have their own line of stuff. And then they also help guys in the barbecue community. Gotcha. Okay. They basically like print and, and design stuff. And so Sweet. along the way, they're going to help people print and design stuff for themselves and just kind of sell it for them. That's right. So, so why, why do you love direct heat cooking so much? Like what is it? And, and what is it about? the shovel and the coals and i love that photo i'll put the photo below maybe i'll put it on top of us it's i love that photo so much okay go on so i i love offset i i fell in love with offset smoking and and cooking and i i love it but that direct heat is just it's so different man um i love it because it's more hands-on like if i'm if i'm doing a brisket cook i'm adding a couple splits here and there right every 30 40 minutes whatever mm -hmm not opening up the doors really. I'm just letting the, the, the brisket sit in there. If I'm doing a pig, man, I'll tell you what, I'm cooking that pig. I'm looking at that pig. I'm touching it. I'm, I'm moving the bones. I'm wiggling it. I'm, I'm probing it. You know, I have people come up and they want to see the pig. Like it's just such a showstopper, man. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it, it's, it's like the best cook ever. And on top of that, you get flavors you don't get with an offset. Like you get that char, you get that crisp, we did some ribs at this last cook with Trey and he was like, these were the best ribs I've ever had in my life. I was really? like, I'm telling you direct heat can't be beat. Like it is so dang good. Chicken, sausage, ribs, whole hog, like pretty much anything but brisket. I haven't done a brisket on it yet, but I, I want to try that too. I want to yeah, try direct heat, but like, it's just so dang good, man. Yeah. And then like, it's just so hands-on and it's, it's so much more interactive and fun, I think. Yeah. And it's also, it's like, it's, I don't know, I think it's a proper word, instinctual. It's something, there's yeah. something like innate in us as right. humans to want to cook and to be around fire and coals. And yeah. 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 It's uh, a lot more fun, you know, like getting to shovel the coals and sprinkle them and move them around and, and actually manage it as opposed to just kind of like putting a log on and this and that. And I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing, you know, offset. Oh, no, no, there's... That. I love that too. I love cooking like that, but for me, like, I, I just love, I fell in love with that direct heat, man. I just love it. Yeah, it's shorter cook times too. I mean, you, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. How long does it take to cook a hog? Depending on the weight. So what I, what I calculate normally is uh one hour for every 10 pounds. Okay. 
you know, give or take, you yeah. can, you can bump up temps and cook faster, but on average, something, something like that. Are you flipping it? Is that something that has to happen during the process? I've, I haven't really been around that many whole hog cooks. So I started doing hog cooks where I flipped. Um, and then I kind of moved away from that. Um, just because I don't really think it's necessary. Okay. Um, some people love it. Some people like to cook meat side down and then flip it. Um, but I don't think it's necessary. Uh, I just, the less work I can do in that and having to flip the better. Cause once you start getting into some of these big hogs, it's, it's a pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's so it's I, interesting, but I guess it, if you did on a, on cinder blocks, would you have to flip or no? Yeah. I had done it on that too. And I actually found a really cool way to flip hogs. So we were, it's really hard to reach over on cinder yeah. blocks. I found that if, if you get the pig to about 140 internal where everything starts to tighten up and then you stick a rebar under one side, like under one shoulder and one leg and just lift it, the pig will be tight enough where the whole pig will just like flip over. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you're actually just using a little bit of leverage instead of like trying to manhandle this huge pig. But uh, yeah, yeah. Do, flip you have, blocks too. do you have a burn barrel? Yeah. I got a little burn barrel. I just made by myself and nice. Yeah. Yeah, just, it's so it's so it's so primal. It's so great. I love that so much. Is well, is there anything that we missed or anything that you want people to know about you? Because as I had mentioned, you're kind of an enigma. People see what you're doing. You're doing awesome stuff. It's always fantastic. And then it's it. like, where did he come from? What did he do? Like, how does this? And then yeah. so, is there anything that you want people to know? Yeah, I think the one thing I want people to know is that my my whole goal, my whole objective with barbecue is to. Um, is to really love on people. Like I, I love encouraging people. And, and I know this may sound cheesy and cliche, but like, honestly, like when I'm on Instagram and everything, I'm just like encouraging people because I, I love people. Yeah. I love getting people encouraged. I love like giving people hope. And that's the whole reason I do what I do. And um, my, my other goal is to just spread the whole hog gospel. Like I'm trying to go throughout Texas and, and be the authority on hog and, and, overseas to brazil and wherever else it may lead me i really want to just do that because man it's it's a showstopper it's a party it's so fun to just gather around and have it like even the kiddos like i said they're just like where are the eyeballs i'm like get in there boy. <laughs> like it's just so fun yeah, man no, it's so, that's my thing it's just i love i love to just give people hope and encourage people and love on them and then i love to just spread the, the whole hog gospel man well you're doing it and it's that's also something that i have noticed is is when, when I post things or whatever, I, I always, it, there's something about like the way that you interact with me and my posts. It just, it makes, because, you know, because I've had some, not dark times, but I've had some really stressful, stressful times. And I'm kind of trapped in this, in this help, this, uh, this world of caregiving, which is, which is fine. I'm, I'm okay with that, but it's, you know, your positivity has really helped me out a lot and your enthusiasm that, and it's so i want to at least let you know it's touched this one guy for sure so i appreciate so it sweet. and thank you for that yeah and and i also i just i just love what you're posting and i love i know I, I love your positivity and that's killer that's i'm excited for your journey and i want people to follow along and that's that i'm so glad that you took the time and that we were able to take the time again to make it happen because really this is great you. yeah this is really was, great and i should have me dude that yeah, hit me. Thank you very much. You're a good dude, and I really appreciate it. And, and uh, yeah, there's only good things ahead. And yeah, have a have a good evening. And uh, cool. We'll we'll hopefully see each other very soon. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank have you. a good night. You as well. Bye.